Hey, I'm Scotty from Recharge. On this episode of Hit Subscribe, we're talking to Nico Gloazzo, director of e-commerce at Kettle and Fire. Kettle and Fire sell bone broths and soups that are convenient, delicious, and nutritious with benefits to digestion, gut health, joint mobility, and more. We chat with Nico about Kettle and Fire's designated customer retention team and the steps they've taken to prioritize subscriptions, reduce churn, and reward long-term subscribers. We also talk about the benefits of personalizing content for customers and raising brand awareness through social media. There's a lot to discuss, so let's get to it. Nico, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scotty, for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Kettle and Fire? Yes, sure. So um, I'm Nicola, I'm director of uh, e-commerce here at Kettle and Fire. I've been with the company for around, right now, I think uh, three and a half, no, almost, yeah three and a half years, pretty much. I started initially as an external freelancer, just managing like the conversion rate optimization program. Then after that, I moved part-time and then full-time to join the company. It's been a great ride so far, pretty happy. Um, and Kevin and Fire is actually a company, pretty new, I would say, that is on a mission uh, where we we serve actually the first, uh, we were the first bone broth company with a, like a chef's table product in the market in the United States. And we always like aim and combine, uh, you know, to the best organic ingredient that you can have with a product that at the beginning started as bone broth. And then we expanded into the soup category, having like keto soup, keto broth, and then, you know, like a more, I would say traditional type of broth that you can use for cooking or yes, making some nice dishes. So what would you have said four years ago if I told this freelancer, Nico, uh, hey, a couple of years from now, you're going to end up the director of e-commerce at this company? Uh, Well, at the beginning, because I'm Italian, actually, and I think you can uh, hear that from the accent. I I mean, I wasn't really sure. Like, uh, it was totally new for me. And also, you know, if you would said to me that I was going to work full time for an American company working remote, all remote, because basically we are, I'd say, 60% of the team is remote. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, probably I'd, I'd be laughing about myself and say, yeah, come on, I don't know. And also because the product that we are selling, we started online as a DTC brand and then we expanded into retails. It's like a type of product that still right now, if I tell to my friend what type of product I'm selling online, they say, do really people buy this product online? <laughs> and actually they do. So it was like, uh, yeah, funny story. I love that. Yeah. And it's funny to get into there with how do you supply that content to let people know about it? But we'll get into some of that later. Um, you mentioned Kettle and Fire started as this DTC brand. Were subscriptions always in the picture when you guys started? Yes, pretty much. Yes. Except uh, um, in the early days when, uh, you know, Justin, the founder, together with his brother, Nick, kind of launched and did like an MVP. Uh, if I remember correctly, at the beginning, there was probably not straight away like a subscription just because they wanted to validate the idea. But, you know, after that they understood, okay, here there is actually a business. I think the subscription was what, like one of the first apps that we installed and launched because we know how valuable is a subscriber compared with like a one-time buyer, you know. And as you grew into this leadership role, um, what were some of the opportunities you saw on that DTC side with subscriptions that you really wanted to lean into? Yes. So I think uh, over the years, like subscription became like, you know, more and more like an important part of our business, because right now we have like a very big subscriber uh, base of customers that kind of really, you know, see a lot of benefit from the product, from, you know, drinking bone broth consistently because all of the value and, you know, the benefit that you get from this product. So overall, uh, 
we really saw how kind of we can have an impact not only on the BTC side but as well on the retail side because right now for example what we are seeing a lot is like a little shift toward like retails mm-hmm. but you know BTC is still like a great opportunity for a customer to try the product and then okay maybe I'm gonna buy from retail you know on my local on my local stores so overall like subscribers can get a tons of benefit by being you know subscribed online of course the price like there's a different difference in price but also i'd say you know you get point you get reward that you get different benefit you know uh, you get early access to new product you get you know you build up points so that you can get discount for future purchase and then also the subscription is like a seamless experience the way that we kind of implemented right now where they can you know just log in and skip with the you know skip a subscription skip a month if they don't want to that month and more so i think overall our focus within making a subscription like a unique experience and building that subscriber base is really important for us right now and that's why also internally we have an amazing team we build up like a task force with our you know head of customer support and the lifecycle manager the kind of focus only on subscribers I was going to ask, that was my next question. It was like this customer attention team you guys got going on. Um, how did that come to be just recognizing, sure, it's one thing to acquire these new customers, but keeping them is that's where the value is. Yeah, exactly. Because um, so I think, uh, you know, there's two different ways, right? You need to, of course, acquire new customers to grow your business. But another way is also to kind of retain more customers. And we know that, you know, a customer that actually rate stay more within the business, we, we are not going to pay for that customer anymore, right? When it comes to acquisition. So that's why it's extremely important to kind of reduce the churn at minimum. Uh, but of course, by providing, you know, a great experience and value with like your upcoming box. But that's when, uh, you know, we, we reach a point where we saw that the subscription base was a little bit kind of uh, flat kind of. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, okay, it's great to kind of have, you know, a subscription uh, focus task force who are kind of only focused into the customer life cycle type of thing. And that's where the team really did an amazing job, you know, you know in setting up OKR every month and every quarter to define priorities and implementing step-by-step uh, any type of possible feature based on customer feedback, based on research, in order to kind of reduce churn month over month and create that, uh, I think, amazing experience that we are facing right now without giving away any of those secrets don't want to don't want to get to away the kettle and fire secrets are there any strategies uh you're willing to share of some things the customer retention team noticed little levers they could tweak to, to help retain subscribers longer yeah what uh we did like recently on an analysis and our current you know churn rate month over month is super low like it's below 10 percent and we saw this increase i mean this decrease in churn I think starting September, pretty much, like, and uh, the retention team got set up, if I remember correctly, early next year, uh, early last year. Mm-hmm. So I think it was really like a team effort in that case. A few things that really, you know, came to mind, that comes to mind to me right now, which I think it's really, really interesting, is that we implemented some specific uh, uh, churn type of cancellation flow within Recharge where provide customer based on their answer, like a specific maybe action or next step that they can take instead of canceling. That's really when we saw, I think, uh, an interesting drop in uh, churn rate in that case. Another interesting uh, thing that we implemented is we started to think about, okay, how can we reward 
customers to stay more within you know our our business and stay more within like a Catalan Fire subscription. So by providing you know a specific gift and a reward customer on the on, on a specific like uh, a milestone, you know, for example, if they reach like the third cycle, the third subscription renewal, we're gonna send a free product or you know delight and surprise customer based on their you know lifetime value so all of those kind of small changes i think that compound over time in order to build a great uh, uh, a great churn rate if you know what i mean totally and also another thing that we actually tested and i think it's really good is that we know that our product it takes time to kind of you know get into a routine and into an habit to kind of drink it regularly so what we thought about is okay let's try to make a, do a test and like not force, but kind of alert the customer that we usually we require two minimum shipment in order to stick with a subscription. If you want to mm-hmm. opt in for a subscription, you can always keep. And of course, like you can also cancel your customer support if really you don't have the you know the needs or maybe you don't like the product. But at least we require a two minimum subscription uh, renewal. Sorry, and that really kind of we didn't see any decrease in uh, customer acquisition cost and also specifically in the conversion rate, not really customer acquisition cost, but, you know, we did this A-B test, testing this value proposition, and we didn't see any decrease in conversion rate for, you know, customer that wanted to opt in for a subscription. However, what we saw is that over time, you know, the churn on day zero and day one really decreased. And the customer that, of course, want to skip, they can still skip. The customer that want to cancel can still cancel. But kind of we, we I would say we, we push more for the skip option, at least in the first one and two months, other than the cancellation option in the customer portal. Totally. It, sometimes it feels like the wrong thing, you know, like oh, we want those orders, but we've seen it ourselves. Like customers, the, the more options they take, whether it's a skip, a swap, they stay longer in your program. I, I really yeah. liked what you said too about rewarding long-term customers. It's something I've thought about myself as a consumer, being a part of subscription programs and recognizing, wow, there's a lot of new deals for new subscribers, but as a long-term subscriber, like I don't feel as valued, you know? So I think that's so wise to be like, the longer you stay in this program, the more value you're going to get out of it. Yes. And that's funny because what we notice is actually that specifically on a subscription level, some of the, most of the revenue is coming from the 80, 20 rule, I'd say. So that 20% of customers that stay longer really build up most of the, you know, returning revenue. So that's why I think the team really was great in bringing this up and say, okay, what can we do to reward, you know, long-term customers more? Yeah, it's great thinking. Why not have a task force for that 20%? If they're the ones who are really like moving the needle for us, why not invest in how we can keep them longer? Um, yeah. would love to talk about, you mentioned it kind of off the top, you have this product, not niche, but there is like a, a bit of a, a learning angle to it. So what kind of strategies have you thought about content that you guys produce to inform customers, even potential new customers about it? Yeah, the two main touch point, or I'd say three that we have for specifically like new customers that opt in from subscription is uh, one via email, one via SMS, and also insert within like the package itself. Because of course, if a customer is new, we want to maybe treat it in a slightly different way with like a specific insert. Meanwhile, on the email marketing and also SMS, we have like specific flow to kind of guide those customers towards a, like an experience or at least to kind of learn more about the product, get more information about it. And uh, yes, yeah, start to experience the product like in a faster way to kind of consume the product uh, within the first month in order to get into that, you know, 
snowball effect that yep. you, okay you get you add this product to this product to your routine and also something really interesting that we are working right now uh, on is the retention team is always also focusing having some sort of uh, for you type of section within the website so having a section specifically where new customer can search for more information about the product and understand more versus you know someone that already experienced the product multiple time maybe doesn't need so many information but meanwhile like a new customer can have as soon as like he logs in within the portal have like all of those type of information where he can uh, uh, understand better about the product and um, yeah get a full kind of uh, 360 experience yeah personalizing yeah. it a bit more based on where they are in your funnel basically that's really smart exactly um I know you might not be directly involved, but I got to bring it up because you guys are killing it there. Your social media is really impressive. Uh, you have almost 89,000 followers on Instagram. And in particular, your Pinterest averages almost 650,000 monthly views. Um, do you know any of the, the social strategy there, how that's developing and um, what your plans are for the rest of the year? So what we can say is uh, since I'd say last year and this year specifically, we're going to go really kind of, we really want to invest into kind of brand awareness type of activities. So like, uh, uh, that's why right now, last year, we bring in someone in-house to kind of manage all of our social kind of uh, uh, presence, you know, specifically on Instagram and Facebook. Pinterest right now is still, uh, I'd say, we didn't do much recently. So it's really like, uh, you know, when you told me about this 600K, it's, well without doing that much. I mean, we did some something like times ago, but right now, not much on Pinterest. However, it's funny that you bring this up because that's something we actually, it's a, in our, on our roadmap for this year. Like, you know, we want to focus on TikTok, Pinterest, mm -hmm. uh, more on Instagram influencer as well. So that's something that really kind of, um, we want to push more specifically from an awareness and brand positioning standpoint. Yeah, the compounding effect on Pinterest, especially... If you check out the Pinterest kettle on fire, you got beautiful recipes there, like with great imagery and yeah, they can just build and build and build over time. Even if you just sprinkle a little bit there and just watch it go, I, I think it's a great play. Um, yeah. And specifically, actually, I just wanted to add specifically yeah. for our cookie, cooking broth line, which is a line, you know, slightly a different line than bone broth that you can just sip it, you know, even in the afternoon cooking broth is specifically like for cooking. So that's, I think the perfect place uh, where to kind of advertise that type of product for recipe you know so pinterest would be that's why it's like on our roadmap for this year to push this line of product a little bit more so coming for full circle if we go from that journey of freelancer to now like a leadership position you've seen yourself scale and grow in this role and you've seen kettle and fire grow uh what advice would you give to a subscription brand that maybe is just starting out uh, and is wanting to make some moves so ideally, I'd say at the beginning, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it would be great to kind of focus within the customer experience journey, ideally. But I think step one is just to turn on subscription. And what I mean by that is just have it there, right? Because right now it's so easy to kind of turn on subscription that if we think purely from a kind of performance and growth standpoint, it's great to kind of turn it on. You can turn it on, have it on your website and start to acquire subscriber. In the meantime, I would recommend to kind of, of course, optimize your customer journey and focus, you know, first on acquisition and then on retention. It's great to start from retention from one point of view, but depends from the resources. We know that, you know, 
you need also to acquire a customer to grow your business. So I would say if you have time, split 50-50. Otherwise, start, you know, acquire customer and provide whatever value you can, which ideally is usually that 20%, you know, discount that you have on a subscription. And then start, you know, to compound improvement within your retention cycle. Because, and again, depends from the business goal, but if you start from the other way around, you know, could be month that you kind of waste, if you know what I mean. But uh, in order to optimize something that you don't know yet uh, if it's going to work anyway or not, if maybe customers are interested within the subscription. So what I would say is for now, just having the subscription there and optimize say, for acquisition, I think it's great to get early signal about customers if they are interested into you know, buying your product regularly, potentially. And then you optimize even with customer feedback. You know, If you see spiking churn rate, okay, you can optimize your flow, but without getting any data first, to see you know where maybe customer churn why do they churn and those type of information become hard to optimize for um, retention incredible points really great what if you're a little bit farther along in that journey let's say you have about a thousand subscribers would that advice change at all would you say now maybe focus on the retention more are there certain analytic signals you would look for uh depends i think for from like what's your growth opportunities within the next year or, you know, what's your plan for this year? Uh, everyone has like goal uh, revenue target, right? That you need to hit. So acquisition is of course like top of mind for most of brands. But again, I think uh, an eye on retention should always be placed. And unless you kind of providing something that is completely off, I assume, you know, that you have your, I don't know, average maybe 15% month over month drop in churn rate. So unless you see huge spike in generate or something to worry about that customer just subscribe and cancel straight away, then I would say still kind of acquisition is very, very important. And then when you have the capabilities or even the team in-house start to get into the retention side as well. Awesome. That's so great to hear. One of our last questions, we ask this all the time. Uh, what physical products do you subscribe to? Do you have anything come into your house regularly? So uh, I think, uh, I mean, not I think, I can tell you the truth, but basically I'm not subscribed to many products. I don't even have Amazon Prime, if I, if I have to oh. tell you the truth. Uh, because, yeah, like I don't mind to wait a few days to get a product, first of all. Second, I don't shop much online because, you know, I don't like to place my credit card everywhere. That's funny to say from a person that actually need, you know, <laughs> to acquire more customers and everything. But like, I prefer, at least for clothing, I still go to the shop mm-hmm. because I like to, to, you know, to try them out. Meanwhile, for food supplement, yes, I do shop online actually, but never on a subscription because I'm the type of person that every month maybe change my habits. So I'm not, uh, I don't have a product that I consume daily, I'd say so. Short answer is no. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. And it's actually a common answer here. Sometimes when you're so, you know, in your industry all the time, it's like social media people who manage social all the time but have no desire to have a Facebook presence or to, to create content like that. So it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, no, please go. No, I was just saying that, you know, again, it's, it's funny because like we do this all day long and, you know, all the time we just optimize for those kind of uh, you know those kind of things but then at the end of the day maybe i'm not subscribed to specific product however what i can tell you that i'm subscribed to digital product you know like spotify shopify all of course of the, yeah. you know any type of subscription SaaS that it's online that's i'm subscribed with so that's where also i can experience the churn rate or how is the cancellation process of a specific uh, you know company yeah that makes sense well, Nico, we just wanted to thank you so much for joining us on Hit Subscribe, and we wish you and Kettle and Fire the best of luck in the, the rest of the year. 
Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. We'd like to thank Nico once again for joining us. If you're interested in Kettle and Fire, head over to kettleandfire.com. And if you're looking for more of our episodes, check out rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe.